All right, go ahead, stand up. And I want you to confess with me. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Right there, just bow your heads. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's quick and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you because heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. We thank you, Father, that your word provides us with foundational living. And all we have to do is trust it and obey it. And so after I, as I step back, I thank you for the Spirit of God stepping up to minister life to your people. And I thank you that today's message, Father, will come across with compassion. It'll come across with conviction. It'll come across, Father, with just a, a creativity that when we hear it, it'll penetrate the depths of our hearts. And I thank you because your word promises that Jesus watches over his word to make sure it gets performed. And so we thank you that our lives will never, ever be the same after having heard the word of truth this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated at home and you may be seated in the house. Well, we're still exploring our series entitled The Power of Choice. Everybody say The Power of Choice. And the goal of our series is to help you and I understand the, the, you know, the power and the impact that choices have on our lives. We also uh, are going to look at making better choices for our lives. And these choices should glorify God. And as we start making better choices, then I believe we will experience God's will in our life and also have a better life and a blessed life at the same time. So if, you, you know, if you're here today or if you're watching us for the very first time, we're in a series entitled The Power of Choices. But today, everybody say today. Today we're going to do a subsection of that. And so for the whole month of October, I'm going to be talking about choosing to honor. Everybody say choosing to honor. Choosing to honor. And so I want to encourage you to, to stay in tuned. I want to encourage you to watch the message at least three times a week. How many eat three times a day? Anybody? Anybody? How many eat at least two times a day? Let me see your hand. How many eat, eat one time a day, right? Well, you know what? I believe if we'll take that same approach when it comes to God's word, our life will change for the better. Now, today's title is choosing to honor God. Choosing to honor God. And let me just warn you up front. Let me warn you at home that this message is going to be challenging for lots of people, but it also is going to be rewarding to those of us who are not only practicing it, but begin to apply it. So 
Sometimes, you know, we just need a reminder. How many use your phones and your iPads and your calendars for reminders? Sometimes we need reminders of truths that we may already know. Why? Because, listen, knowledge is not enough to produce spiritual results in our life. Wow, I'm going to say that again. Knowledge is not enough to produce spiritual results in your life. If it was, then those who are not spiritual that have knowledge would be spiritual. So knowledge alone is not enough to to produce spiritual uh, results. And uh, if you look up Hebrews 2, 2, I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. It says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth that we have heard or, watch this, we may allow it to drift away from it. We may drift away from it. And you and I, we may remember what God's Word says, but if we don't continue, everybody say continue. If we don't continue to hear God's Word, then watch this. The faith for us to experience the results won't be alive in our hearts. I'm going to say that again. When you and I don't continue to hear the Word, then the faith for us to experience the results from the Word won't be alive in our hearts. Let me throw a take-home thought real quick on you. What gas is to a car, faith is to the heart. I'm going to say that again. What gas is to a car, faith is to the heart. I don't know if you've ever run out of gas, but man, it's a challenging situation. And just like a car needs gas for it to run, our hearts need faith. Amen? So if you have your Bibles, we're looking at two verses of Scripture primarily today. We're going to look in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. And then we're going to go over to Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. Now, there are many ways to honor God, and I'm not going to get into all of those because it would take us probably months to get into each way you and I can honor God. But today's focus is primarily going to be us looking at choosing to honor God through how we give to Him. Now, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, that's going to be our foundational verse. And I have three points. And so if you're taking notes, here's point number one, and it should show up on your screen. And that is... Honor may be our choice, but it's God's expectation. I'm going to say that again. Honor may be our choice, but it is God's expectation. I'm going to say that one more time. In fact, say it with me. Honor may be our choice, but it's God's expectation. Now, I'm reading out of the Living Bible of Proverbs 3, 9. It says, honor who, class? Who does it say to honor? Honor the Lord. And and lots of times as believers, when it's time to give, we think that we're honoring the pastor or we're honoring the church. But it says, honor the Lord. And then it tells us how. He says, by giving him the first part of how much of your income? Come on, class, how much? He says, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income and he will fill your barns with plenty and he will cause your vats to be filled with the finest wines. And this word honor, when you look it up, there are several different words or Hebrew words for the word honor. But when you look this particular word up that was used in Proverbs 3, 9, it means to promote someone to honor. In other words, you take them and you promote them from where they are to a place of honor. But it also means to make somebody or make something weighty. In other words, with weight. 
So God is asking us when we give to him to do it with honor. In other words, allow it to influence us to the point where we promote him in our giving and we make his way of giving weighty in our lives. Someone say amen to that. Amen. And for some reason, now just look at somebody and say he's about to come down your street right now. He's about to come. I'm coming. I'm coming. For some reason, as Christians, we feel that God is okay with anything we give him. I used to think that too. I used to think that whatever I decide to give to God, he's okay with it. But guess what? Let me give you a newsflash. He's not. Wow, it's quiet in the house, ain't it? If that was the case, if God was okay with whatever we decided to give him, then the first time giving was mentioned in the Bible, which is Genesis, and Cain and Abel showed up to God to give him something, if God was okay with anything we gave him, he would have accepted Cain's offering and he didn't. Someone say amen to that. God wants us to honor him by giving him the first and the best. Everybody say the first and the best. And the reality of giving is that you and I, we can give our first, which most believers don't do, believe it or not, but still not give him our best. And what's interesting is we're like that, you know, uh, in the natural. I mean, how many have children? Children, children, any children? Have you ever had your children room to look a mess and you told them to go back in there and clean the room up? And when they got finished, come and let you know so you could do what? So you could check it. Well, if we were just okay with how they would do it, number one, we wouldn't want to check. And then number two, when we saw it, a lot of times, you know how kids are. They want to give you shortcuts. You know, you come on now. You know, they'll give, the, you know, you look in there and go, man, that's a half-assed job. <laughs> that was close, wasn't it? That was close, wasn't it? Come on, give me some likes on, on Facebook. Give me some likes. I didn't use a profanity word. I said it's a half-assed job because you asked them to do it and they didn't do it. Come on now. So let me warn you. We're about to read something that is going to be very hard to chew and even sometimes more difficult to swallow. Now, before I read it, my first point really involves a lot of reading of the Bible. Not a whole lot of sub-points by me. And here, here is why I'm doing it that way. Sometimes we look for the extra of the Word by someone's opinion instead of allowing the Word to do the talking. Jesus showed up one day. They, the Bible says He shows up, showed up in the synagogue. The Bible says that He took the book he stood up he read it and then he sat down so i'm going to allow the word to paint the picture that will help you and i honor god with how we give to him in a better way so this is now malachi chapter 1 verse 6 just for your information i have never read this verse in teaching giving in my pastoral life Okay, you can go and check any of my messages. So 
I'm reading this now, and it says this. This is God talking. He says, a son honors his father. A servant honors his master. I am your father and master, yet you don't honor me. Everybody say honor. He said, but you don't honor me. Oh, you priests, but you despise my name. So let's just take the context now. He's talking to priests. Modern day, he's talking to pastors. He's talking to people who lead his people. And so these priests says, who? Us? You say, when did we ever despise or dishonor your name? Well, God says in verse 7, when you offered polluted sacrifices on my altar. Polluted sacrifices? When have we ever done anything like that? He says, well, every time you say, don't bother bringing anything very valuable to offer to God. You tell the people lame animals are all right to offer to God on the altar. Watch this. Oh, yes, and even the sick animals and the blind ones. And, and you claim this isn't evil? God says, try to give that to your governor sometimes and give him gifts like that and see if he is pleased with that. Sounds like God is a little ticked off, ain't he? So then verse 9 he says, this is so good. God, have mercy on us, you recite. In other words, he's saying, you give me these lame offerings, you do what you want to do, and then you say, oh Lord, have mercy on us. Oh Lord, bless me anyway. I know, Lord, I'm robbing you, but I just need some favor. Show me some favor. Bless me with this job, God. Help me, help me, help me. God, be gracious to us. But when you bring that kind of gift, why should he show you any favor at all? Everybody say, this is getting hard. This is getting hard. He says, oh, to find one priest among you who would shut the doors and refuse this kind of sacrifice. He said, if I could just find one pastor, one priest, and just says, no, you can't offer that. Go ahead, take it back home and bring a better one. He says, if I could just find someone to shut the doors and refuse this kind of sacrifice. He says, I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord Almighty. And watch this now, I'm about to show you something. He says, and I will not accept your offerings. Wow, that, that's, that's pretty strong, don't you think? That, that's pretty strong on, at home, and that's pretty strong. Now, let, let me give you the other side of that, okay? Because God may reject the offering, but the church will accept it. We do. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is. We don't know who's giving what, you know? But notice he says, I will not accept your offerings. But watch what he says in verse 11. But my name will be honored by the Gentiles from morning to night. All around the world they will offer sweet sacrifices and incenses. And watch this. Pure offerings. Why? To honor my name. It's really all about honor. Everybody say, it's all about honor. It's all about honor. Then he says, verse 12. But you dishonor it, saying that my altar is not important. 
and encouraging people to bring cheap, sick animals to offer to me on it. You say, oh, it's too difficult to serve the Lord. His ways are too hard. And you do uh, do what he asks. And you turn up your noses at the rules he has given you to obey. Think of it. Stolen animals, lame and sick as offerings to God. Should I accept these such offerings as these? Ask the Lord. Watch verse 14. He says, Cursed is the man who promises a fine ram from his flock and substitute a sick one to sacrifice to God. He says, For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name to be mightily should be revered among the Gentiles. Man, I tell you what, I don't even want to go and read that no more. That was serious, wasn't it? That's serious, right? That sounds like God wants us to honor him with how and what we give him. And the problem with us today is that we have lost as a society, as a culture, and even as the church, I believe we have lost the art and the heart of what honor is all about. And that's why I'm taking the whole month to talk about honor. Today I'm talking about choosing to honor God. But I'm going to be talking about honoring your spouse, honoring relationships, honoring your boss, honoring your children, honoring your parents. Amen. I'm even going to talk about honoring your pastor. Give me a hand clap on that one right there. Can you do that? All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I want you to notice that we read Malachi 1 and one of the main issues is that God had an issue with the priest. And how they were allowing people to give these unacceptable offerings. Did y'all get that from what we read? Did y'all get that? Okay, so now let's keep the context of that and speed up and go and read now Malachi chapter 3. Because the context of Malachi chapter 3 just picks up the context from Malachi chapter 1. So now we're going to read Malachi chapter 3. And it says, look, I'm in verse 1. I am sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. Watch this. The messenger of the covenant, whom you look for eagerly, is surely coming. You know that's talking about Jesus, our our Messiah, our Savior. Verse 2. But who will be able to endure when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. Talking about Jesus. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites. Those are those who serve in in, in the temple. Refining them like gold and silver so that they may once again offer what kind of sacrifices, church? Come on, say it louder. Come on, say it one more time at home. Acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Watch this. Then verse 4 says, Then once more the Lord will accept the offerings besought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem as he did in the past. And at that time, he says, Listen, when you offer an acceptable offering, I want you to hear me, church, there's a benefit. Now, even though he's talking to uh, Judah and Jerusalem back then, the principle remains the same. He says, when you offer me something that's acceptable, he says, I will now become eager to witness against all sorcerers. 
He says, if you got some folks trying to do some hoochie-doochie on you, he says, I will be against all sorcerers. He says, I'll be against adulterers and liars. You got people lying on you? Give God an acceptable sacrifice and you will see those lies get shut down. He says, I'll listen, I'll work against the liars. I will speak against those who cheat employees of their wages. If you're not getting paid what you believe you should get paid, let your offering do your talking. I'm preaching better than what y'all are shouting, but it's all good right now because I'm making myself happy up here. He says, I will speak against those who cheat against employees of their wages and who oppress the widows and the, orf- and the orphans and those who deprive the foreigners living among you of justice. Sounds like America, doesn't it? Look in verse 6. He says, I'm the Lord and I do not change. Listen, church. You can make giving first fruit and offering an Old Testament principle if you want to, but the same God that expected it then is the same God that expects it now. Here's the difference. We don't have to offer up sacrifices for sins. Jesus did that for us. Someone say amen to that. Watch what he says. I am the Lord, I change not. That's why you descendants of Jacob are are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, watch what he says, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me. And he says, I will return to you, says the Lord of, of heaven's armies. But you ask, how shall we return? We've never gone away. Should people cheat God? Watch what he says. He says, but you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? He says, you've cheated me of the tithe and offerings due to who? Due to who? Me, the Lord. He says, you're under curse for the whole nation has been cheating me. Then he says in verse 10, bring how much of the tithe? All the tithe into the storehouse. Not your mama's house, not your cousin's house. He said, the storehouse. And then watch what he says. This is good. He says, And I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fail, uh, uh, fall off the vine before they're ripe. And then verse 12 says, Then all the nations will call you blessed and you're in the land will be delightful, says the Lord. Now, here's my question. Why do you think God is so adamant about what we give to him and how we give to him? Why? Well, that brings me to point number two. So if you're taking notes, here's point number two. Honor always reproduces honor and produces increase. I'm going to say that again. Why is God so adamant about us honoring him a certain way? Because he already knows that honor always, say always, Honor always reproduces honor and then produces increase. And so when, you, when we learn how to honor God properly, he has designed it for honor and increase now to come our way. And you will see that the overall principle of honor says this. When we honor, we will get honored. Now, I'm about to read a story about a guy who was an honorable guy. And I'm going to show you because he was an honorable person, in other words, he gave honor, that he received honor. And watch this. The honor that he received caused him to be bypassed 
of the people who were more qualified than he was. See, the problem with some of us on the job, you may have more knowledge than some of your co-workers and maybe even your boss, but because you have not learned the art of honor, they have no respect for what you know. Watch 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. It says, Wherefore the Lord, God of Israel, he says, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Be it far from me that I honor, that he says, Be it far from me for them, for those that honor me, he says, I will what? Honor. And those that despise me lightly, shall be lightly esteemed. God says, you know what? You honor me and I'll honor you. You despise me, I'll despise you. Now, let me read now out of the the today's English version. It says, The Lord God of Israel promised in the past that your family and your clan would serve me as priests for all time. But now I say that I won't have it any longer. Instead, I will honor those who honor me and I will entreat with contempt those who despise me. So here's my point. One of the reasons God is so adamant about how we honor him is because he knows that when we honor him, honor is going to come back to us and then increase. So here's a take-home statement. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. When honor is exercised, honor is experienced. Everybody say, when honor is exercised, honor is experienced. Come on, let's try that again. Say, when honor is exercised, honor is experienced. And God knows this. And one of the reasons he wants us to honor him is because he knows that when we do honor him, increase is coming our way. Now, I don't know about you. I'd rather increase than a decrease. Amen. So let's look at an example of this person that I was telling you about who learned how to honor and got promoted And increase came their way, even though they weren't the most qualified person. This is in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 20. It says, And Beniah, Benaniah, the son of Jehida, the son of a valiant man of Kazeel, who had done many acts. This guy named Beniah, Benaniah, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. He went down also, and he slew a lion. This dude was a bad dude, ain't he? He slew a lion in the midst of a pit in the time of snow. Verse 21 says, And he slew an Egyptian, a goodly man. And the Egyptian had a spear in his hand. Watch this. But he went down to him, Benaniah did, with just a staff or a stick. And he took the spear from the Egyptian's hand and slew him with his own spear. This is a bad boy. Watch verse 23. He was more honorable... Then the 30. See, there are some 30 mighty men up in there. And the Bible says he was more honorable than them. But he attained not to the first three. See, there was some groups. You had a group of 30, and they were some bad men. But then they had, there was this group of three that they were at the top. But then what, let's, let's see what happened. But David set him over his guard. Now, let me read that out of the Living Bible. It says, these were some of the deeds that Benaniah almost, and I'm in verse, 20, uh, verse 22. It says, these were some of the deeds that gave Benaniah almost as much renown as the top three. He was one of the greatest of the 30, but was not actually one of the top three. And David made him chief of his bodyguard. Man, when you and I learn how to honor, 
God will make sure honor comes back into our life. And I don't know about you, but the systems that we live in in this world are not fair. No, they're not fair. And you know what? You and I need to learn how to function through some principles that will take us over and around that unfair system. And when you and I learn how to honor God, listen, I learned how to do this years ago. And uh, first I did it out of, out of uh, uh, just out of habit. Well, out of, first I did it out of obedience. You know, oh, that's, I mean, you know, my check would be like, let's say, uh, $2,500 and $2,502. And so my tithe would be $250.50. I mean, I was, you know, I was just real exact about it. And then as time went on, my love for God increased and it went from me having to do it to wanting to do it. And then after years gone by and I watched God's principles work in my life, it went from me wanting to do it, from me desiring to do it. Because I saw what it did as I honored him. So let's go back to this foundational verse as we close this up. Let's go back to our foundational verse that was uh, Proverbs 3, 9. Because I want to establish the principle that when we honor, increase comes. Everybody say, when we honor, increase comes. Come on, say it one more time. Say, when we honor, increase comes. Come on, say it this way. When I honor, increase comes. Amen. Proverbs 3, 9. It says, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. And he will fill your barns with wheat. That's increase. And barley. That's increase. And overflow. That's increase. Your wine. That's increase. With the finest wines. That's increase. Can you see that when we honor God His way, everybody say His way, He promises us increase. How many can see that? How many can see that? If you can see that. All right. Now, He even said it over in Proverbs, uh, Malachi 3 when He says to open up the windows of heaven, He will pour us out increase. So if honor comes to us and increase comes to us, When you and I honor God, here's the question, why don't we honor God with the first tenth of our income? Well, that brings us to our third and our last point. Here's the third point if you want to take notes. Here's why we don't. Because honor is a heart thing before it's a giving thing. I'm going to say that again. Honor is a heart thing before it's a giving thing. Everybody say honor is a heart thing before it's a giving thing. Now, Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13, I'm going to read it out of two versions, okay? The first one is the King James Version, and then I'm going to read out of the ASV Version. It says, Wherefore the Lord says, For as much as this people draw near to me with their mouth, and with their lips they do what, class? They honor me. In other words, Oh, Lord, we love you. Oh, God, I love Jesus. Honk if you love him. You got the bumper sticker on your car. Come on now, you got the King James Version Bible on your cubicle at work. You got the big cross around your neck. You praying for everybody. Oh, God is good. He said, these people, they honor me with their lips. But then he says, but they have removed their hearts far from me. 
and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of me. And listen to the ASV version. And the Lord said, For as much as this people draw nigh unto me, and with their mouth and their lips they do honor me, but have removed their heart from, far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment of men which has been taught of them. Now, here's the thing. It's going to get better. Everybody say it's going to get better. Once honor stops, it's because our hearts have turned in another direction. See, this principle is, is it's, a, it's a general principle. I mean, you can just look. You can look in your relationships. Once your heart stops honoring, that means your heart has gone in a different direction. And this is why friendships are lost sometimes, kind of like what Pastor Polo was saying uh, during worship. So we only have an honor problem, listen, because we have a heart problem. Everybody say, I only have an honor problem because I have a heart problem. So I'm talking to a lot of people who have allowed their circumstances to dictate whether they honor God with the first fruit, with the first. There are people that you, listen, we all have reasons. And that's why you have stopped giving to God or stop giving it all. And it's because we hide under our circumstances, but our hearts are really what the problem is. Now, I'm going to read Matthew chapter 6, verse 20. It says, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, if honor starts with my heart, then what happened to my heart when I stopped honoring God, what happened? That means something else got in my heart. Well, what what got in there? Other stuff. Everybody say other stuff. This is why people have affairs. I'm talking to somebody married right now, okay? The, the only reason you are involved in this other relationship is because you allowed your heart to drift from who you're married to over to somebody else. In other words, you have stopped honoring your spouse. It's because you've allowed other stuff and other people to get in your heart. Someone say amen to that. So what, are, what, are the, what, is, that, what is that other stuff? Mark chapter 4 verse 14 tells us. It says, the sower sows the word, the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard the word, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown where? In their heart. So well, listen, here's my question. Here's my question. How does the devil take the word from our hearts? How does he do that? How in the world does the devil take the powerful word of God out of our heart? Well, here's how he he does it. He gives us another word. It's called a lie. Oh, you want to know how he steals the word of God from your heart so that we won't have it rooted and obeyed? He steals it by giving us another word, and it's called a lie. Mark chapter 4, verse 16. Let's see what some of these things are. And these are likewise they who are sown on stony ground, who when they heard the word, immediately they receive it, but they have no root in themselves, and so they endure for a time. After when affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they offend it. So some of us, honor has stopped in our hearts because we've been offended. 
I'm amazed of how many Christians jump churches because somebody offended them from their last church. How many don't like to be stereotyped? How many don't like that? How many don't like? Yeah, I, I, I don't like to be stereotyped. I don't like it because you don't know me enough to stereotype me, you know. Now, I know some stereotypes are pretty close to being true, okay. But for the most part, most people don't like to be stereotyped. And, and here's the thing. Uh, when you and I uh, allow offenses to come, that's what we start doing to people. So your last pastor didn't act right for whatever reason. We're going to call him pastor don't act right. Okay, and so you was at Pastor Don't Act Right churches for a while. And so Mr. Pastor Don't Act Right did something where he didn't act right one day. And man, that just blew you up. So he was like, you know what? I ain't never coming back to that church. And so now you come to, you've jumped churches two or three, four times. And, and so now when, it's, when somebody like me is talking about giving, which I haven't done probably twice this year i don't know it's it's been a COVID year how many know COVID's got a lot of clouds with it but it doesn't matter because truth is truth so here you are oh here we go again now somewhere a fence has got in there and once a fence gets in your heart it's, it's hard to honor someone say amen to that he says offended verse 18 and these are they which are sown among thorns when they hear the word the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things. Remember I told you what makes us stop honoring is that we let other things get in. He said, man, the lust of other things, the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world. What happened? They come in, they choke the word, and the word becomes unfruitful. So here's the question as we close. How do you and I correct our hearts? How, how do we get our hearts back right? Because until you and I correct our hearts, we won't be able to correct our honor. And I just know that God is wanting us to learn how to honor Him in a way that when we honor Him, He honors us. An increase begins to come and He now allows our life to be a light. He said, let your light so shine before men. Why? So they can see your good works and glorify Him. So here's how we're going to apply this. The first thing you got to do to get your heart right, just touch the person next to you and say, you need to get your heart right. Go on. You at home right there, just touch yourself and say, I need to get my heart right. I need to get my heart right. Here's the first thing you got to do when it comes to giving to God his way. The first one, you have to repent. Everybody say repent. They all start with R. And repenting, that just means we must be willing to turn away from the way we're doing what we're doing and turn our hearts back towards God's way. That's all that means. We, we have to be willing to turn away from our way and turn our hearts towards God's way. Proverbs 15, says this, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. Watch this. But honor comes before humility. In other words, the only way we're going to be able to repent or turn our hearts from where it is to, to God, we have to humble ourselves and say, you know what? I'm not going to do it my way. I'm going to do it God's way. God's way. Everybody say repent. The New Living Translation of that verse says, the fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. Amen. Here's the second thing we have to do. And I'm talking about these are things that you and I have to do to honor God properly. And you say, well, Pastor, I'm already a giver and I honor God. Well, I have something that uh, 
uh, I want to share with you in just a minute. Because, and here's an R that I didn't put in there, but you're going to have to reject routine. Because sometimes routine can be done and there's no honor behind it. There's obedience behind it. But you don't even give it no thought. It's like, okay, okay, I'm going to give online. Okay, it's gone. Uh, it's automatic. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. But listen, you don't just want to give out of routine. It's like loving somebody out of routine. Tell them you love them. I love you this morning. Okay, I got my check for the day. Right? So, number one, we must do what? What did I say? Repent. Here's number two. We must reject erroneous thoughts, beliefs, and traditions about honoring God. We must uh, reject erroneous thoughts and beliefs and traditions about honoring God. In other words, you learn how to give and honor through Mama Dim. How many know who Mama Dim is? Now, you know, I'm from Texas and we use the phrase Mama Dim. M-O-M-M-A-D-E-M. Mama Dim. Now, I have lived outside of Texas and have used that and many people had no clue when I was saying Mama Dim. Well, Mama Dim, if you're not from Texas, is Mama Dim. In other words, that's just family. Uh, well, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. No, you have to reject erroneous thoughts, beliefs, and traditions about honoring God. You can't continue to accept the lie. Here's, listen, the, because... Here's one of the lies or the erroneous thoughts. I don't matter. God don't care. How many know God does care? Amen. So we're going to have to reject erroneous thoughts, beliefs, and traditions about honoring God. Here's number three. We're going to have to retrain our brains. Honoring God is about Him, not about us. Uh, let me give you an example. This is how you can know. I'm talking to some people right now. This is how you can know if you have made giving and honoring God about you and not Him. When you say this, I, got, I need to go and pay my tithes. Okay, no, 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 no. See, no, no. You say, well, Pastor, is that bad? Well, first of all, you don't pay tithe. You bring tithe. See, if you pay it, it sounds like it's a bill. And it sounds like it's something that you own and you're paying somebody with it. But you don't own it. The Bible says that the first fruit belongs to God. So if it's his, I, this is why Malachi says I need to be returning it. So if I, I got to pay my tithe, well, first of all, it ain't your tithe. It's God's tithe. And you're not paying it. You're returning it. Somebody say amen to me. We have to retrain our brain. Here's number four. Then you just have to break down and you got to just return the tithe. In other words, put into action this financial principle and this truth. And I know those of you who are watching say, Pastor, I already do that. I already do it. And I'm glad that you do. I'm reading someone's mind right now that's saying, Pastor, I'm doing that. But I don't see the windows of heaven open. I'm going to tell you what to do about that. If you don't see increase in your life, if you have been honoring God and you haven't seen no increase and you haven't seen the windows of heaven open and you don't see blessings coming out, one or two things is wrong. Either God is a liar or there's something you're doing or not doing that you shouldn't be doing or doing. 
So this is what you do. You go back to God and say, okay, God, wait a minute now. I'm doing what you said do. Why haven't I seen it? And let him, with an open heart, let him talk to you about maybe what you're doing wrong. Because maybe you may, because you can give without honoring, but you can't honor without giving. Did y'all get that? All right. So go back to him. Don't just say, well, I'm just going, no, no, no. Go back to him because he's not a liar. That means something that I'm doing may not, it might be off kilter. So we're going to return the tithe. And then number five, we're going to rehearse God's promises for honoring. In other words, we're going to confess God's word and his promises that will keep us in faith so we can receive it. Because let me tell you something. When I, this is, you all know I'm big on confession, right? Y'all know I'm big on that. Here's why I'm big on that. When you are reminding or rehearsing the promises of God for your life, you're not doing that to remind God of something. You're really doing that so you can hear yourself so faith can stay in your heart. How does faith come, class? It comes from, from hearing. So every time you confess the promises, the faith for that promise stays alive in your heart and your expectation rises. And that's all you expect to receive. Did you get something out of the Word today? Give the Lord a hand clap if you did. So listen, with every head bowed, there are some people in the room and are watching me who needs to recommit their financial life to the Lord. And the Lord said something to me yesterday which was kind of odd. But this is what He said to me. He said, some of my people are committing financial adultery. I said, what? I, I, that's not a term I, I, I think in. Uh, but there's some of you watching me and there's some in the room who are committing financial adultery. What does that mean? That means everybody and everything is first financially in your life before God is. And so I want to challenge you who are watching me. Because two 2021 is coming up and and I want it to be a better year than 2020 and I want to challenge you to start today and go through the rest of the year and start honoring God so that when 2021 hits man you got financial momentum before the year even starts and so father right now in Jesus name I thank you for the word that has been spoken I thank you that our hearts have understood it I thank you that faith has come for us to obey it. But most of all, Lord, I thank you that I see you ready and willing to cause honor to come our way because we have chosen to honor you. And so, Lord, I thank you that as a Levite and as a priest and as the pastor of this church, that I've done my part and I've spoken your word. And, and Father, I am one who honors you with my giving. So Father, it started at the top. So I'm not an issue here. And I want your people to know that I have submitted my way and I've humbled myself to do it your way financially. And I thank you, Father, for them having a heart to honor like they've never had before in Jesus' name. Whatever here is still bowed.